Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three things. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Everyone's dreaming to try to play. No, man. I mean, you know, some guys is different. Um, I mean, obviously, you know. At the end of the day, it's, it's always going to be different between playing in the preseason and playing in the regular season. But, um, I mean, I'm kind of happy not to be playing in it. But, you know, it's, it's it's definitely good for some guys as well, too. Some guys just like being out there, to you know, just to get a feel for it. Preach! Preach it, Todd Gurley. Yeah. That is the message every coach should be listening to and saying, you know what? He is right. Don't put your cornerstone franchise players on the field in meaningless games. They don't matter. I'm starting to agree with you. I'm coming around. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm coming around, but I took a different approach. It obviously, it was a different sport, uh, and the risk of injury was a lot less significant in the NBA, but I like preseason games uh, because you can't – like, you can practice full speed, um, scrimmage, like – really getting into it with somebody, but it still doesn't simulate the level uh, that you have to get to to play a, a real game. And so it always took me three, four preseason games to really get my sea legs under me and to kind of acclimate to that speed. Um, I didn't like to have to sacrifice the first three or four games of the season. I would rather get that out um, and kind of hit the, hit the ground running when the regular season started. I hear you, and that's the biggest counter that I hear from people that are like, well, they got to get ready for the regular season. I agree. There is some value in that. But I'll ask you the question. I ask every time. Would you rather have Andrew Luck, Antonio Brown, uh, Miles Garrett? We saw him play a lot last night. Would you rather have them a little rusty, maybe a step slow for the first week of the season, or would you rather not have them at all? Yeah, no, football's different. I'd rather have them. More dangerous I'd rather have them rusty. That is the biggest rusty. difference, is that football is a dangerous sport. And even though they are glorified, you know, practices, they're exhibition games where it doesn't matter. There still is the live contact aspect. Yeah. Like I, if you're looking at options of how to, cause I think the owners want to see their, their cornerstone players on the field. They want to sell these tickets to these games as, Hey, you can come watch an NFL game. Right. No, it's not it. If you really wanted to try to protect your players, maybe put the quarterbacks in a red jersey. Do you have designated players that you could protect? Say they're non-contact. They don't have to tackle, but then everybody looks at it and they're like, well, that's not a game even though it's still not a game right now. There is value in getting guys ready to play. Tom Brady wants to play. Right. He wants to be out there and says, I'm going to go out there and play. Uh, Sean McVay, Todd Gurley's uh, quarterback, Jared Goff, Sean McVay said he's probably not going to play this preseason, and I wouldn't play him either. There's no. just no – especially determining on – you know, what happens, because a lot of times you're mix and matching the offensive line, you have different receivers, you're trying things out, you're trying to uh, have guys. The opportunity in the preseason is to figure out position battles. Guys who haven't won a spot, right. younger guys trying to make the team, that's what it's for. It's for evaluating Evaluate. the bottom tier of that. That's roster. the key word in that whole thing. So you took the word right out of my mouth. You're there, that's there, you, that's your time to evaluate. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you got, if you have guys like Jared Goff and, and, um, and and the like who who you already know what you have in the product like there's no real need to roll them out unless a guy like Tom Brady 
I, I wanted to play every minute of the preseason. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I did too, I, because that was where I made my, that's where I had to prove my worth. Right. I didn't see the field till the back end of my career. I had to go out there and say, Hey, I can still do this. I can still play. And I loved it because I usually played good in the preseason because you're seeing really basic stuff. But so I don't know how you shut a guy down. Like, so let's say Jared Goff wants to play in the preseason. Yeah. Like, I, so it's play a calling. Tough, it's you, a tough. you really, and you saw that with Tom Brady. When you saw him play, and he, I think he was like 19 for 25, and I was like, why is he throwing it 25 times? You went and watched the film of it, and it's like, oh, he's throwing a lot of bubble screens, a lot of screen passes. It's max, it's five steps, throw it. If nothing's there, he throws it away. Like, right. it was very strategic. And if we're going to throw it down the field, we're going to max protect. And you see him, if he gets anybody near him, he's going to go down. You, you, there's ways you can go out there and get in a little bit of the flow of it. Right. And you protect those guys by the, uh, by, you know, play calling and that, and that sort of stuff. Sure. So the five nothing game last night, Little. the Browns were playing the Eagles. I, I got to stop watching games with social media open, with Twitter open. Because the ignorance and absurdity of some of the stuff that was being said. Like, people are complaining about the play calls in certain situations. Like, the Browns go down there. They get inside the five. They're like, why are they throwing it every time? The fourth row is at the goal line? Yes. So here's the here's the thing. You don't know, and I don't know. Maybe they said we're going to work on our pass Bro. package when we get down to the goal line. We're going to—that's going to be a focus because I've, I've been in games like that. I hope the, they right, said that. I think so too because they don't game plan. They're not right. game planning specifically for situations. Like if that happens in a in a regular season game, uh, you know, Todd Haley will have a play a play sheet that he's right there and he'll go right to you know inside the five. Here's my four best play calls. Right, and he'll go down though. He'll go down those. They don't have those four best play calls in this situation, so they might say, "Hey, we're going to work the fade route this time. We want to see what receiver can go get it." Right. So that's why they throw a bunch of fade routes. That's you know a little pick routes. They want to see how they work, so they'll work on certain things. Same, the exact opposite could happen. They could say, "We're going to run the ball five times in a row to see what we're made of. We want to put this on our offensive linemen." So when people are all upset, saying, "Oh my gosh, what are they doing throwing it four times in the goal line?" I'm like. Maybe that was just something they worked on in practice, and they wanted to see how it translated to a game. Yeah, I don't really buy into that. I, no, no. I mean, I, I understand right. what you're saying. I don't buy right. into like taking anything away from like philosophically what a team's going to look like because they did it in the preseason. Like you're right. rolling out all kind of trial stuff, um, and 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 for that matter, like players and their games, at least on the basketball court. Like I will try stuff in the preseason that you probably won't see me doing in the regular season if it's not fruitful, you know. So yeah. that's where you roll it out. Um, Here's where I buried the lead, though. All these these Twitter takes didn't bother me as much as what unfolded on the field when Tyrod Taylor – I think we can call him Tyrod now. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. Kind of back right. and forth. When Tyrod Taylor goes down, has a wrist injury, it looks bad. The announcers are assuming it's bad. They, he goes to the locker room, and I'm thinking, oh, he's done. Like, this is a great opportunity for Baker Mayfield to get some reps with the ones. You can see what he's made of. I'm thinking, all right, Tyrod Taylor's night is done. Hopefully his season isn't done because it looks bad. And then what do you know? Tyrod Taylor comes back out on the sideline. He's got his shoulder. I'm like, oh, what a good teammate. Like, he's he's a guy. He wants to play. He's going to be out there and support his teammates. And then he goes back on the field, and I'm sitting there thinking, what is Hugh Jackson and this Cleveland Browns coaching staff thinking, putting their starting quarterback? And you could say, well, the future is Baker Mayfield and all this, but you need him week one. Why are you putting him back on the field? It made do zero you, sense do you whatsoever. Need do you need him week one, though? <laughs> Do you? I mean, what, I'm, let me play devil's advocate. Could that have been All a situation right. where you've got a burgeoning kind of like quarterback controversy? Yeah. Um, Tarad has been really, really good. He's a little dinged up. If we let him go back in the game. Maybe he gets all the way hurt. We don't. We just throw <laughs> Baker out there. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> so 
So I think I think if they, if their best interest is hey we want to try to see if we can make the playoffs and that right. should be every team's goal coming in and I think they have talent. I, you've heard me say it on this podcast. I think they have enough talent on this roster to make the playoffs. If that's their belief, they need to go with the quarterback that gives them the best chance to win. It's the oldest cliche in the book, but it's true. That is Tyrod Taylor at this point. He has a better grasp of the system. He's been he's faced NFL defenses before. He gives them that best opportunity. So if that's the case. And, and Hugh Jackson has said he's our starter. Sure. And he had, you know, Baker's been getting most of the reps with the second team. Why not protect him? No, I'm 100%. I'm with you. I, I, I was so asinine that he rolled back out on that field. And, you know, honestly, when I saw the replay, like as soon as it happened, I happened to be looking at, at his, at his wrist. I don't know why when he went down. Um, it, it reminded me of a play that, that I sustained like late in my career where I tore my scaphalunate ligament. Um, my, my arm got pinned back. That wrist got pinned back the same way he fell on it with less pressure. Um, than he did because he had full weight on that thing and it ruptured my scaphalunae and and when I watched him run around for the for the rest of the game yeah like it was obvious yes that left hand wanted nothing to do with anything you no. know and it really I did I played devil's advocate a second ago but what the hell were you doing even if he wasn't your starting guy why roll him back out in that game like I could only imagine that he wanted to show and there's there's in sport guys want to prove that they're warriors, right? Like yes. guys well, want to go over. He knows his job is on the line, so I got to get back out there. It. Yeah. Right. Uh, here's the other thing. I thought it would have been a really good opportunity to get a glimpse of more Baker, and you don't create any controversy because you're saying we're playing it safe with Tyrod Taylor. So you're not. So the the media is not saying, "Oh my gosh, are you benching Tyrod?" Is it you had an excuse to get Baker reps with the ones? And I think you saw a struggle with Baker. Like as much as we've loved these quarterbacks and they've played pretty good. Again, it's preseason. It's a yeah. different game, and you saw the speed bump up, and I think you saw Baker Mayfield struggle a little bit with that. You could have gotten an opportunity to see him. The other Twitter takes that I saw last night were about Nick Foles, and he played bad. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't pretty. Do you think anybody's going to remember what he did in week three of the preseason mm-hmm. in six weeks from now? Nope. In two weeks from now. No one is going to remember. How quickly do we forget this is the guy that was a Super Bowl MVP and helped the Eagles you know, while Carson Wentz was hurt. Yeah. He, he'll be fine. But nobody ever said Nick Foles was Tom Brady. No. And Tom well, Brady's had days. There I mean, were people, I think there were people that said, oh, he could be a franchise quarterback somewhere else, which I still think he could. I'm not going to let one game where he throws, you know, two interceptions, get sacked three times, say, oh, that, there it is. He's back to the guy that, you know, was with the Rams that could never But start. I guess it the question is, game. right, like even a franchise quarterback, even your Tom Brady's of the world would have a night like yes. that. Tom Brady didn't have games where he, where he lost the Everyone ball three times. Everyone does. Everyone does. And it's a preseason no one will remember it so you know lay off my boy nick Foles. just lay off him all right you gotta be better than that nick yeah you gotta be a stress rehearsal <laughs> oh, dog you, you gotta go. be better than that oh no, true true like when you're out there a lot of times you can tell who wants to be there i thought you saw two teams that really didn't want to play last night yeah and i think the results were on the field well the defense offenses the defenses right. look like like they were getting right. after it right and yeah. they can start sensing there's blood in the water and they start going after it right and they start teeing off so yeah there's always there's always different flows of a preseason game. Just the, the intensity level isn't dialed up all the time. Only with NFL Game Pass do you get every out-of-market preseason game live. Sam Darnold versus Saquon Barkley in Week 3. It all happens this preseason live with NFL Game Pass. I can't wait to watch the Giants-Jets Week 3 preseason. It's great. Two big teams, New York City coming together, rivals, great matchup. I don't live in there anymore, but guess what? I can watch it wherever I am out of market. If I miss the game, I can replay it after it's aired. Whatever game you want to watch this preseason, you'll need NFL Game Pass to do so if you're out of market. Gruden's return to Oakland in Week 1. Josh Allen versus Baker Mayfield in Week 2. 
Mahomes versus Trubisky in week three. Make sure to watch all the action this preseason with NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2018 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at NFL.com slash off the bench. Game on. Um, we've seen a lot of holdouts this uh, preseason, right? Aaron Donald's not in camp. Khalil Mack's not even talking to the Raiders. Uh, some of the deals we've seen get done. Others we haven't. Le'Veon Bell's not going to preseason, uh, not playing, not doing anything. Odell Beckham Jr. has played the role of the good soldier, right? right. He's like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to go play. I hope we get a deal done. He might get rewarded for it. He couldn't afford not to, though. Like, we agree on it. Like, he needed to be. Yeah, he needed to do some image repair. Yeah, all right. Because the New York media, the New York, the Giants fans are like, hey, he's been, you know, a lot of distractions. Sure. So he's, but to his credit, I think he's handled it really well. I think he's handled it maturely and he's shown them I'm willing to put in the work. So now there's a report that they actually are closing in on a deal with Beckham that could possibly make him one of the highest paid receivers ever. Record-breaking contract. Uh, sources have told ESPN that there's a reasonable optimism for both sides that a deal could get done by the start of the season. Good for him. I think he's when he's healthy. So here's the thing. I'm a little bit surprised the Giants are doing this now. I would want to see a little bit more. I would want what do to, like, you need to see, see more from him? He's coming off an ankle injury. Like I want to see. He missed the entire season last year. Okay. Like, I want to see. Are you good to go? A hundred percent. Are you out? Give me four games. Just give me four games of him producing where he's nah. like hundred yard games. Then I'll cut the check. Yeah. All right. But except his camp is talking about. I'm not giving you anything until we get the field done. Right. <laughs> right? So now you got to make a choice. Like because he is one of the most electrifying talents like in the NFL. He's a top um, three wide receiver when healthy. Will he be the top paid? Yeah, he will. I mean, he'll probably break he'll the top the 17 mil to Antonio about, Brown. It's all about the timing of it. We've talked about this a lot on here. When you see the quarterbacks who may not be the best, he'll be up there in Antonio Brown type money. The biggest thing to look for again is the guarantee. It's just the way it's inflation. It's the inflation of the NFL salary cap. There's more money to go around. So they're going to spend it on their best players. You just hope that your time is right. Yeah. And then just remember if you're Julio Jones, don't complain about it when you're not the highest paid receiver anymore and you're two or three. Cause when your deal's up, yes. you're going to be the highest paid receiver when, when the time is right. Um, I like, like, I know he's got his issues and like his off the field stuff and his antics and some people don't love it. Um, but I, I gauge a lot like by watching my kids and what they were really into. And they love him. Well, you got one with the hair, right? Like, yeah, they, he's, got, he's got the Odell well, Beckham he, he, hair. He cut it off. Oh, he did. He I, cut like, it? But he had it for years. Right. Um. They they love to he watch the dude. Odell too. They love his personality. Um. And oh, so he's a marketable star for the NFL. Right. And for the New York Giants, he plays in that market. Like we were talking about, Victor Cruz. Yeah. One of the most overhyped. It's because he played in New York. The difference is Odell Beckham is one of the best receivers in the in the league. So he is a marketable guy that is a fan favorite and he should be i would just like to see him grow up a little bit and it's not it like in it's normal like right, 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 right. young he's and once baby. he realize how to be a pro he'll be fine um so he's been playing the entire preseason now you've got somebody who's not going to be playing the first four games of the regular season. right so the nfl came out and they announced and this kind of went under the radar because of the urban meyer stuff at ohio state and some of the college football news jimmy smith uh, for the Baltimore Ravens was suspended four games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I assumed he was arrested. I right. assumed there was something happened that was like, oh, okay, this was really bad. And there, there might be. We don't know. But the NFL's official statement said they found evidence of, quote, threatening and emotionally abusive behaviors by Smith toward his ex-girlfriend, according to the statement re- released by the team. You know who didn't like that? Eric Weddle, his teammate on the Ravens, he came out and said, it's hard to fathom arguing with your significant other, never touching her, and that gets you a suspension like this. 
I know details of it that I can't get into, so I just feel bad for him. And it's hard for a guy put into that spot where he can't really stand up for himself and tell the truth. Because if he does, it'll be a lot worse in the grand scheme of things. Everybody goes back to Ray Rice and the video coming out. They don't want that to happen. Know for sure that was obviously on their mind. Look, you and I don't know what exactly the emotional abuse was. If there is, if there are text messages, if there are other evidence where Jimmy Smith is threatening, you know, violence, if he's threatening, you know, cause maybe if, in like, you've been in those situations where you get mad and you fire off an angry text. If he crossed the line and said, I'm going to kill you. If you come around my kids, I'm going to kill you. Or I'm going to beat the you know what out of you. Those to me would be all right. The NFL can take that and say, all right, we have the evidence in their hands, which I'm assuming they do. But when you hear a teammate come out in today's environment, that is a little bit, whoa, like you don't hear players kind of defending guys like this anymore. Yeah. The Eric Weddles had his nose in a lot of stuff though. He was, he was just recently was, he had some comments about the NFL, like, uh, the tackling policy. Tackling yeah. policy. This one is a really sticky one for me, man, because. I'm with you in that if he was threatening bodily harm or anything like worse and, and there's evidence of that, um, you do what you gotta do. But two people arguing, um, a lot of times in a situation like that, I mean, I've had crazy girlfriends in college. Like we get into like, we're a crazy couple. Like you'll yell something, I yell something. Like, so if we're only gonna take what I've yelled and extract what you've yelled at me, like, it could really paint me as a monster, but you're not taking into account what you're yelling at me, right? We're two people yelling and arguing. So if it's a situation like that and Eric Weddle knows it, then I think the NFL has to be really careful about setting that precedent. But Here's the thing. I just feel like the NFL, and I've said this a lot about in, in other teams, they're not equipped to handle these situations. So why are they getting in? It's a PR thing because they want to be seen as a forward-thinking progressive league that falls in line with our society that wants to do a better job of protecting women those are all great things like that's a good thing but man sometimes it's better to let the justice system which that's where i feel like more of the anger and and people outrage should go at the justice system as opposed to the teams who are not equipped to handle these situations and the nfl like they're starting to investigate cases. They're yeah. not a. They're not an investigative. You're doing too much in some cases. Like you're 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 doing too much. Like when you're you are like as a league, you're undertaking way too many cases like this. In my opinion, I'm not saying that Jimmy Smith is in in the right here or anything like that. But just generally speaking, the NFL is way too involved in some of these matters. I agree with you with the justice system. And the other part of that is like. They're a custody battle. I've been around custody battles before. Like I've been around teammates that are in custody battles. Those things get nasty. There are a lot of things lobbed that are partial truths that are, you know, um, sometimes hey, straight fabrications on either side. I'm not, I'm not taking a side, but point being, those things could get really, really messy. NFL, you need to back up, let that play itself out and then figure out, sift through it. Now, if they already have the evidence to the point you made before, you it's, got him. But it's very similar to the helmet rule, which I think the NFL overcorrected. I think because of some of the outrage that was a result of the Ray Rice incident, they've overcorrected the other way. And they need to be careful because it's a slippery slope. And I'm like, nobody's saying we shouldn't protect domestic violence victims. No one ever is saying that. It's just like, just be careful the slippery slope you're walking on because there are a lot of guys out there that may feel like Eric Weddle and and there might be guys out there that haven't done anything Uh, wrong and uh, are getting convicted by without the court of law. I'm going to say this again. Like I am 100% 
um, an advocate Every, for, right. for, for, for what's right. And no one should be abused. No one should be verbally abused. No one should be threatened under, uh, under any case scenario. Um, having said that, when you're talking about a slippery slope, we can't, I can't ignore the fact, right? Because it has happened in my life. I've seen it happen to people where you get someone who is, is upset or vindictive or they've got an axe to grind and they lob a threat because they know it will elicit a response and get said individual in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all it takes. Once that threat's out there, the image is tarnished, you don't get that back. She can recant the statement or he can recant the statement like a year later and say, oh, I was, but no one cares. Right. Like, and the damage is already done. So that's, that's Pandora's box. That's the slippery slope that you open it up to. Uh, and I'm not saying that this is the case here, right. but I can't ignore that that is a possibility. Um, once you start doing this, right? It's uncomfortable. No one likes talking about it. You hate seeing situations like this unfold. And I think we just have to do better. Let's do some NBA stuff because yeah. there are some expected rule changes. They have to, uh, they'll be presented to the owners. They have to require two thirds majority to pass legislation. But I think there's some ideas that look kind of cool, yeah. some changes. So the shot clock will reset to 14 after offensive rebounds. The NBA believes that the resetting of the shot clock to 14 uh, will increase shot attempts, especially at the end of close games. Uh, what they're trying to avoid is like that free throw shooting competition down the stretch yes. of games. Um, and and they, there's already some some data out there. Like they've they've had this in the D League, I believe. Uh, FIBA uh, has, has changed it a couple years ago. And I think the WNBA. Uh, does it as well. So I, I think that could help. They've made an initiative over the last 10 years um, to keep the pace of the game up, to have higher scoring games, to have more action and less downtime. And, and the free throws at the end of a the game, they, they are that downtime that you're talking about. No one wants to see that become a free throw shooting competition. So I'm cool with it. I, I think the NBA, and I've said it before, they do a really good job of staying in front of things, trying to keep the product something that is, that is interactive and people want to be involved with. And so, like, it does get, it does get irritating at the end of the game when it does become a free, sh free throw shooting contest and it's just kind of, the game drags out. Yeah. It's like, oh. Like last year they, they took, uh, I, I don't know exactly what the rule was, but they essentially trimmed down the amount of timeouts that you had. Like you couldn't accumulate all these timeouts right. so that under the last two minutes, you could just burn timeout after timeout after timeout after timeout. Uh, and those games, the last two minutes of a game would drag out for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes sometimes with the amount of timeouts you could burn. That helped with the pace of play too. So I'm cool with it. So there's a clear definition for the clear path foul. That's no, there's not. Boring. There's uh, not. Though. But I want to hear this one because I think this is right up your alley. Expanded definition of the quote hostile act to trigger instant replay. Why are now you, like, why is that? I why do you want to hear my opinion on that? Because I think this was one that would impact you greatly if yeah. you're still playing. <laughs> would now extend beyond interaction with another player to also include a hostile interaction with the referee, coach, or a fan. Um, so what does this mean? This means that now you can go and review. Yeah, I guess um, if a player goes up and bumps an official, bumps an official if he's arguing with him. Or if he said something to what you're going to go and see what I said to the fan, you're going to like, read. I wonder, I wonder if this means like the tripping on the bench, like when there's a bench player that trips somebody or. I'm cool with know. all of that. I'm, yeah. uh, listen, a guy bumps a ref, um, the interaction with the ref, like I'm fine with what, I don't know how you would like monitor what happened between someone and a fan. Usually those are words exchanged. I don't, right. Unless you're going to employ like a lip reader. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to figure out what to do with that. Um, it would have to, it would have to be, in my, in my opinion, it would have to be if they came in contact, if they shoved a fan, if something like, but that's, I don't know, but the malice of the palace was the last time that really happened. In yeah. I'm saying that it right? doesn't happen that often, but I, I'm okay with it. Again, the NBA, I will 
there are certain leagues where I'm not going to trust your decisions just on face value. Right. I, but the NBA, I trust you to go ahead and make that decision and, and it not be something that everyone is sitting around three months later going, Oh my God, why do we have this rule? So I'm okay with it. With, uh, so on this podcast before we've done Raja's rules, like you, the one, yeah. my favorite is that the, uh, the refs had to be over six three. Yep. They had to be over six three because they can't have the little man's disease <laughs> where they get out there and they just come trashing dudes. Yeah. They have that Napoleon complex. Uh, anything else you would do? Like anything serious? Like anything, anything that you think the NBA should address? No, I, no, I, lo- I love the game. I love right. the game the way it was. I mean, I loved it back when you could like arm bar people and when you ran across the lane, you were going to get chucked in the throat by Brian Grant and Carl Malone. Like but I love that. You wouldn't want to go back to that? Uh, no. Right. Cause I think the product that I watch now is, is really, really good, man. These guys, there's so much space and there's cre- there's more creativity than there ever was. I, I'm, this is going to sound corny, but guys are shooting the ball so effortless, effortlessly now that I... Did you expand the three-point line? No, I don't know that you could expand it, but, I mean, I, I don't mind the four-point shot. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't. Right. I mean, guys, Steph Curry, you pull up, I think you sh- there should be some reward for shooting at half court if you make <laughs> shots from half court. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do it, but I wouldn't be mad right. if they tried some kind of... Concept. three playbook, right? Yeah, Maybe I don't know. Four-point shot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Northern Trust is going on. Tiger, we talked about him in our update. He was even par, uh, even par 71 on Thursday. Eh, thought he was okay. Like he's right where he needs to be. He's done that before. He just needs to get hot today. Come shoot a, you know, 67, 68. He'll be he, fine. He'll be in the mix. He's like that running back that like starts off kind of slow. Doesn't he? He yeah. like works his yeah, way into rounds. Like he's never really like a coming out and hanging a number on day one. And I think this is sort of part of the process of coming back too. Like he's got to figure out, Hey, when do I take my shots? When do I get more aggressive? Figure out kind of my place. Yeah. Uh, no, Dustin Johnson was on fire yesterday. He almost hold one out from the fairway. Uh, he's in a tie for uh, two way tie for fifth Bro, with a, with a triple with a triple B on a par five too. Yeah, like it was ugly. Yeah, came back. Phil Mickelson tied for eighteen. Good to see him playing a little yep. bit better. And then Jordan Spieth still struggling a little bit. Uh, he's at one under. See if he can make a run. All right, let's take a break because we got to get David Sampson in here. Right. He's going to help us break down some Major League Baseball. We'll get to him next on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. Let's bring in our buddy David Sampson, help us talk a little baseball. The uh, National League Cy Young race has been pretty insane. You had Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, and Aaron Nola all on the mound yesterday. Who would be your guy? Who would you go with to win this award this year? Well, to win the award, <clears throat> I think it's going to be Jacob deGrom. But if you ask me who I want to build a team around, <clears throat> I want Aaron Nola. He's 25 years old. And in baseball, uh, that matters. DeGrom is 30, Scherzer is 35 maybe, so I'm going age. Uh, David, look, David Price has been dealing for the Sox, uh, since their ace Chris Sales been on the DL for the second time, uh, with shoulder inflammation. Um, at what point do the Red Sox need to be concerned about this, this shoulder with, with Chris Sale and, and are they still the favorites if he's not in the rotation? Well, remember Chris Sale, we've talked about this before, uh, they're watching his innings because he comes out like gangbusters every season, and he struggles in the second half often because he gets tired. You know, he's thrown a lot of pitches. It's sort of like being in basketball for 30 years, and all of a sudden your arm just gets tired of shooting. There's only a certain number of pitches that a pitcher can throw, and he's thrown a lot of them. So I'm not that worried about his shoulder. They're giving him rest. They're 50 games over. They are going to host all the way through the World Series. They're winning the AL East. So I think discretion is the better part of valor, and it's good to rest him right now. I'm not worried at all. Pretty if he cool. cannot pitch in the playoffs, it's going to be a problem, though. 
Yeah, for sure. Something to watch out for uh, as the playoffs, you know, get get underway in, in just about a month. Uh, pretty cool story. Matt Holiday's back with the Rockies, a team that he was the last part of that organization. Uh, they uh, made the World Series back in 2007. The Rockies have been one of the hottest teams. They've been flying under the radar. Are we sleeping on the Rockies? I think people used to be sleeping. You're not sleeping on them anymore. You know, they're a half game out of the of the NL West, and they've been playing well for months now. And they've got it on both sides of the ball. They're playing well at home. But the difference this year is they're actually hitting on the road. And the old story with the Rockies and the mile high and the humidor and all the stuff we've talked about for years, they could never do anything on the road. And now they're good both places. And they've had great starting pitching with people that most, you know, we haven't heard about or talked about much. But when you look at their position players, we've got Blackman and Arenado and Story. They're just a good team from top to bottom. Matt Holiday is not the Matt Holiday of old. He's more of a bench player now, an occasional pinch hitter, a sage guy in the clubhouse who's been there before. That's really the only reason he's up. Um, like, who the heck is Chris Davis? Like, is he, I mean, he's got 39 home runs. He's leading the Major League Baseball. I did just, I just did the news in 90. I don't, like, who is he? Where's he come from? Is he the most underrated hitter in baseball? Raja, he's hit 40 and a hundred, he's at 40 and a hundred. This will be his third straight year. He's only underrated if you're not paying attention. Well, I'm not. He's been good <laughs> for a long time. Come on, man. <laughs> Just because he plays in Oakland in front of 17 people doesn't mean that he stinks. He's been good for so long. Why are people talking about him now? Because the A's are doing better as a team. That has to be the only reason. He's having a great year again. So to me, he's not underrated at all. When you watch baseball, you've watched him do nothing but perform. The only negative for him, not great defensively, and his on-base is not great either. Uh, if he's not hitting, he's really not getting on base. So anybody who's hitting 40 home runs with over 100 RBI and his on-base is in the three tens, 20s, or 30s, that's not really good enough but he's not underrated at all. You Darvish has been a pretty polarizing uh, off-season addition of the Chicago Cubs. It's been an up-and-down year. He's really struggled with uh, injury issues. He was shelved for the season just this week. What do you make of this whole situation with you Darvish? Well, Danny, what's been the up? <laughs> there hasn't been one. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Fair point. For me, it's, it's been a, just a down-and-downer year. Uh, and so it's just horrible. They've got five more years with the guy. He's actually announced yesterday he met the press. He's happy to have been diagnosed with a stress reaction or stress fracture, whatever he has. He, he knew it was more than tightness. And all I can say is as a former team president, yada, 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 I don't care that he's happy. We're paying him $126 million over five years, and we had to go acquire Cole Hamels, and our rotation is not deep. Chatwood is walking people in the bullpen and hurt. We're in trouble if we're the Cubs rotation, but Hamels has definitely stepped up. You Darvish is just uh, overrated from start to finish, and the Cubs are stuck with him. There is no chance to move him at all. So you're wrong. There was an up. He had one win. He was one and three this season. So I, there was an up, David. So I'm holding you to that. All right. Hey, I have a speechless. <laughs> all right. Hey, have a great weekend. All right. Hey, take care. You too. Great job, guys. The podcast is awesome. Appreciate it, man. We'll see you. Uh, always good uh, stuff from David Sampson. He does a great job uh, giving us stuff.
Uh, five star Q and A, man. It's five star Friday. We haven't done it in a while. It's been kind of flying yeah. under the radar. If you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching us on CBS Sports HQ, go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars, and ask us a question. You have to ask us anything you want. We'll get to it. So first one up. You mentioned this is from NC Buckeye 15. You both have mentioned taking the show on the road. What are your top three sporting events you would want to record a show at? Um. I didn't prepare I gotta go for with the question. No, I didn't either. I got some for you. Uh, I want to go to the uh, the summer league for basketball. Why? Because it's in Vegas. No, That's bro. why. I don't want to go to the one in Utah. I want to go to the one in Vegas. No I want to do some show in Vegas. All right. Well, I'm trying to think. Like, okay, Vegas. okay, where okay. can we go? go. I'm thinking Vegas. I want to do that. I want to go to the Masters. Masters, yeah. great call. That's number two. We'll do that. Masters would be number one. Yeah. And it's realistic. CBS product. All right. Yep. Coca's been there. Whoa. That's- I've been there too to watch, but never to do a show from. We might get kicked out though. I don't know if the language they have to on here. We've had some um, about that. We need a third. NBA finals are always good. Yeah, but it's contingent on the cities. Like I want to go to a good city. Yeah. Have some good environment. Um, go to Hot Atlanta, do a little college football playoff. Eh, <laughs> oh, you've had enough Hot Atlanta? Eh, yeah, no. traffic Atlanta. for you? Yeah, I don't want to go to Hot Atlanta. All right, we'll have to come up with anything in Toronto. Yeah. You go to Toronto. Although I went to the NBA All-Star game in February. I don't want to go back in February. Oh, that was like, brutal. That Were you there that year? That would be a playoffs. Yeah. It was, free, it was like minus 18 degrees. Oh, it was the coldest out. I've yeah, that ever was, been that in was rough. City. Uh, all right. This one's for you from Walter the Minpin. Rajav, Mike D'Antoni asked you to come to camp. Do you think you could make it? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> all right. No. Well, how about this one? Would you play for the vet? Minpin? And yes. <laughs> no, uh, listen. So I'll tackle it on all levels. If like Mike, Mike is my dude. So if Mike asked me to do anything for the Rockets, I would do it. Do I think I could make a team? No, absolutely not. I'm 42 years old. I haven't trained to play basketball. Like, absolutely not. But I would love to, to go and, and like spend some time around the Rockets given the opportunity. And the vet minimum is $2.39 million right now. Absolutely correct. I would go play for the vet minimum. All right. It may, it sounds so low when you say vet minimum. And then to hear that, it's like, oh, I didn't know. When I played the NFL minimums way, cause they have more players, the economics, we've talked about it way lower. So when I retired, I mean, when I stopped playing, I mean, it was probably five years ago now, it was 1.2. And I would have played for that. And I looked it up today because I wanted to be prepared once I saw the question. And I was like, it's $2.4 million? Dang. All right, here's another one from our man, Walter the Minpin. Danny, you appreciate how physically tough golf can be. Did I ever say that? I guess I kind of have said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about walking the courses and stuff. You could play all four rounds in tour conditions right now, assuming you qualified, of course. Is that carrying my own bag and, or two bags? Like it would be cake. Like just walking 18. Oh, I don't yeah. care how hot it is. I'm in good shape. Like I, I keep, like I go run yeah, every dude, once in yeah, a while. On, I'm training on. for a half marathon. Let's go. I promise you this. If, uh, what's the dude's name? Um, he had the really, he had the, he had the, uh, Duffner. Yeah. If the Duffners yeah, of the world it, can walk or yeah. beef. My yes. man beef's out Come there on. walking. Yeah. We absolutely could do it. John, John Daly, Daly, although John Daly was applying for a, <laughs> he was going to ride the where cart. He could ride the cart. Yeah, well, I guess I would too. All right, let's do some uh some more NFL meaningless preseason talk, right? It's yeah. Week three. But I think you do have some these are actually the most intriguing games to watch because you're seeing position battles unfold. Sure. Some of the rookie quarterbacks are getting their opportunities with the ones, and this is their opportunity. If they're going to supplant whoever's there. This is the week to do it. So Sam Darnold, week three, watch him play. Giants-Jets, it was always a fun game. I remember this one because it's the New York rivalry sure. game, and it's a little bit more fun. So through two games, he's 21-29, to 158 yards, touchdown, interception. He's played pretty good. He's looked pretty good. But you know who else has looked good? Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Like he's looked really good. Josh McCown, haven't seen him at all. Teddy B is going to get traded. This is this is. You this think is so. Sam Darnold's. This is Sam Darnold. I think I don't think they do. 
I think they keep them and see what happens. Really? And, and see if, if they can, well, if they can oh, steal a one for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know okay. I mean? But do, do you think they roll him out there or do you think that you think they start him and bring Sam off the bench? No, I bet Darnold probably ends up, well, if they do, ah, I'm tall. I'm, I'm torn on this. Yeah. Cause I, I think it matters on how Darnold looks tonight. Like, or this weekend. Like when he, how does he look in the, with the ones? How does he look? Is he getting the reps with the ones tonight? Have they said that? I don't know if he's starting or not. I don't. Uh, I, I, will that tell you? Will that tell you? Like, is that telltale? If, if it's, it's yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, that's giving you some insight into what they're going to do week one. Yes, because usually it's the dress rehearsal for week one. Teddy Bridgewater, I think I'd be a little bit leery of him with his knee injury going out there. Here's one thing I hate: this is for our graphics department, and the, I don't want to call our producer out, but this will end soon because we'll actually have NFL stats when you put guys. College guys' stats next to their NFL jersey is completely misleading. Like, you can throw out <laughs> Sam Darnold's six, 26 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, throw that out the window. Uh, the other guy I'm looking for is uh, Josh Allen with the yeah. Bills because I think he's most likely going to start because A.J. McCarron's been hurt. I want to see how comfortable he is. Um, the Raiders have been a team. I thought they would be a splashy, like, hot team that everybody would be talking about with John Gruden taking over. The only thing you've heard out of the – the Raiders camp is how bad it is with Khalil Mack and how it's contentious. They haven't even talked about any extension and what is going to happen there. They play the Packers tonight, which I think could get interesting because Jordy Nelson's going back. Yeah. Playing against his old, his best friend, Aaron Rodgers. Like there's been a lot of talk about maybe that's why Aaron Rodgers is calling out some of these receivers on that team because he's still upset about them. But I think the Gruden story has flown under the radar this this preseason. This, uh, what was his quote? He says, I want to throw well, the game back to 1998. 1998. I'm not going to rely on modern technology. Did he really say that? He really said that. Um, but here's the deal. Like, I think like NBA and sports in general are kind of cyclical like that. Cause I'm the guy who thinks that eventually the NBA will revert back to a big that's in the paint and dominating. You just have to find the one that can dominate the game and makes everyone else match back up to him. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. to some degree, I understand what he's saying. Like he wants to get back to what smash mouth football and right and and I cannot believe he did not say I'm going to rely on modern. I'm not going that's to rely on modern technology. That's fine. Ridiculous. Don't, because I was at the the like the tail end of the era where you had to watch film and rewind it, and it was awesome to be able to study film when it was all digital. Because you just pull, you type in third and six. I'm going to go watch all these plays. It comes up instantaneously. Before you'd have to call the video guy. Hey, can you go cut me up some film? You right. wait a couple hours and come back. There's no way he's doing it that way. Like he's, you have to embrace technology when it's there. It's like the old person who's there and is like, I'm not going to get an iPhone. And then they just lose contact with the world because they don't know how to text. Become a recluse. You're yes. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> you no, don't do it, Bruno. Embrace small. the technology. You know who else is playing this weekend? Which I, I'm kind of surprised he's playing this soon is Adrian Peterson signed with the Redskins just a couple days ago. That's going to be interesting. It's fairly like it depends on the terminology of the system, but it'll probably be pretty basic. But I wonder what, like, are they using this as an audition? Are they using this to say, hey, if oh, it shows us something? I think, I think he's going to be on that roster. I don't, I, I do too. I don't, I don't think I'm you, surprised they're throwing him out there to the wolves, so to speak, like this early. Well, apparently he was in really good shape, I guess they said when he came in. He's but a workout freak. Like he's one of those workout warriors who, and you see him like, you know, chiseled, like right. 3% body fat. You know, the crazy thing is, like, you can come into shape as chiseled and lean as you want to be. When you strap up, like, or you put your sneaks on and you put the jersey, like, that's different kind of shape. When you put your cleats on and your pads, like, that's not workout shape. That's right. game shape. There is. And he'll have to get into that. And we'll see if he's close to that when he uh, plays against the Broncos tonight. All right, we got to get to our leftovers next. Uh, the Steelers are building a wall. Like, it's been a hot topic in our country. The yeah, Steelers are going to do it. Steelers too? A wall, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that next in Leftovers.
All right, welcome back to Off the Bench with Canel and Bell. We got to do our leftovers. Before we get to that, so after the show, you just told me you are driving to South Beach, which is about a solid hour without yes. traffic. Yeah. And you're going for what? I'm going to give my kids these Kobe ADs that come out today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaker head, yeah. and you're doing it for your boys. I'm doing it for my That's boys. True love. That's yeah. your fatherhood right there. Yeah, I don't have much to do today after work. Hey, so I... Nike, hook up your boy here. Like, hey, we send him on the. It's been a long time. time. It's been a long time, bro. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hook him up so he doesn't have to fight traffic all the way down to South Beach. All right, let's get to the Steelers because yeah. I mentioned the wall that they're building. Like, what are they doing? A 60 foot high wall that's going to block the views of nearby office buildings. So Mike Tomlin was asked about it. He said, I'll leave that somewhat mystical for you guys to hypothesize about the origins of that and its use. And at some point, we'll address it the right way. I know how it is, man. This is interesting times. Drones and so forth. So forth. We do what we've got to do to prepare and get ready to play, uh, have a level and fair competitive playing field. This stuff used to drive me nuts. When I was on the New York Giants, Yeah, we would have practice, and we'd be out in the practice fields. They're out in the parking lot of Giants Stadium. They were at the time. And occasionally, we'd go into the stadium. And I'd be like, why are we going to the stadium? It was on turf. It would like hurt. Your body would be sore. And everybody's like, oh, Dan's paranoid. Dan Reeves is the coach. I'm like, about what? And they're like, oh, people spying on our practice. I was like, really? I was like, that's crazy. I'm like, there's no way. There was a Sheridan hotel across the street about 10 yeah. stories high. Dan Reeves was convinced other teams would set up shop in that hotel and film our practice and be ready for us. And it was certain opponents. We didn't do it every week. Sure. I, I thought he was crazy. And then you hear Spygate. Yep. And then you hear some of the other stuff that yep. goes on. You start hearing rumors. Guys will do whatever. It is a multi-million dollar industry with lots of money at stake for the head coaches, for the staffs. They will do anything to try to absolutely. get an edge. Absolutely. 100%. Right. 100%. Um, absolutely right. NBA is harder because, uh, like, it's not an open thing. But in the arena, when you're doing shoot-around is when you're game planning, right? Right. And this happens all during the regular season, but but more so in the playoffs, right? Because these are, like, specific details that we're changing from night to night to counter what you did in, the in like, the first game. Right. Um you have security posted at like three or four different like exits, just making sure that no one's walking around or hanging yes. out in one of those openings on the second level. Right. We're checking the suites to make sure that no one's sitting up in the suites, like kind of off the rail, just watching what you're doing. It's big business, dude. So people, was, people are looking for any advantage they can get. When I was in the Broncos, we used to go to the uh, Mile High Stadium, the big stadium, yeah. for walkthroughs before a Monday night game. He'd have security guard. Mike Shanahan had security guards placed at every hallway around the stadium, and they had to face out. Oh, wow. Yes, like correct. They had to have their backs to the practice. So, hey, coaches are paranoid. Sometimes they should be. I think it would be better and more entertaining because he said he's worried about drones. If they put somebody out there with like a pellet gun and they would shoot him down. Well, what they should do, <laughs> they should employ their own drone operator. Yeah, with, like counter with, with little great. With little <laughs> missiles on it and they could like shoot down the drone. We got you covered. Not our airspace. We got you covered, Mike Tomlin. We got the real thing. <laughs> uh Richard Sherman. Yeah. Right guy, Stanford education. He's made a nice career for himself. I think he's about to get a whole lot richer. Get paid. Because he's launched a, uh, a daily fantasy site called The Daily Number. It's paid contest in 23 states. He's a co-founder. He'll be the chief brand ambassador, which is his most important role because he'll get that memo out there. Right. I think it's interesting because there's going to be money put on this. Like what – how does this work with the NFL, the gambling policy? I get we're more progressive, but they shut down Tony Romo to go to Vegas just to do like a, a fantasy like appearance. It wasn't the right. whole league that he invested in. So I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around. Essentially, he's going to be the bank. Like if he's a casino, he he is. Well, his company will. Like his company will well, right. host these daily fantasy things. So like they'll have to pay out, or you'll you'll pay to participate. And if you're I the winner, so. you pay out. Out of the way, I think it happens. And the banks win, bro. Yes, they do. They win. Uh, he's probably Good for you, Richard Sherman. Probably tight with some hedge fund nerd like out there that just Rich, helped him back. I got a thousand on it, bro. Can I get? 
Do Can you, I get a like fractional percentage? I got a thousand. Exactly. <laughs> Put up some front money. Uh, the Lakers are mad at Paul George. Why? Do they have a right to be? No. Mad at for what? Because he didn't take the meeting. He said, LA was pissed at me. I didn't give Magic a shot, which I understand. But at that point, I knew I wanted to give it another shot. I didn't want to prolong it and waste people's time. I agree with you 100%. If you already know, there's no need to take the I'm meeting. I'm okay with the Lakers being Why? upset. Why? You have a right to sit chance. down with Paul George? No, but That's I your birthright as a Laker. Love. They gave him a lot of courts. You're the Lakers. It's my birthright. I get to sit down with anybody in the NBA I want one week. Right. Get over yourself. You got LeBron. Keep it moving. Speaking of birthright, yeah. Kyrie Irving has a new name. That was a smooth transition. See that? Yeah. Little Mountain. I like Given it. Given that by the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe on Thursday. I was not aware of this. So his mother, who died when she, when he was four. Gloria? Yeah, he, uh, she was of this lineage, the Standing Rock, uh, Sioux tribe. So he was given the name Little Mountain. I would really cool. Big Mountain, though. Big, uh, there's, there probably mountain. is a big mountain, right? He's probably really, really big. He's a flat earther. He's they a flat earther. Like, flat earth guy. Like, that would be a good one. There's gotta be some tie in there. Um, have a lot of fun with So that. I was, I was walking around the mall yesterday and I noticed there is a Kyrie Irving shoe. I didn't, I hadn't heard this news yet. And it is, uh, it's got a tribal, um, or a Native American theme to it. And this would explain it. I think it's pretty cool, man, getting in touch with your roots. Um, Kyrie's really, like, a lot of his shoes have his mom, um, like, on them, or some, somehow her name is in the shoe. So I know, you know, he lost his mom when well, he was a young kid. That's how you knew she was That's how you knew her. Yeah, 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 from the shoes, right. So, and, well, I mean, I spent some time with him, and so, like, Dedrick Irvin, his dad played at Boston University before I got there. So I had known Dedrick, like, way back. Right. And then I had no idea that he was Kyrie's dad until like I saw him at a press conference and stuff. So I, I have a little background on the family, but not, I mean. Nice. Yeah. Cool name. Uh, Las Vegas, crazy city, right? They I have love a, this. they have a USL soccer team. And so they're going to actually go out there to try to promote the, they're going to do a cash drop. They're going to have 200 fans put out in the field and they're going to drop $5,000 and just say, have at it. I love it. How many bloody noses are we going to see? It doesn't matter. Because I think I would be throwing elbows. Yeah, bro. And look, you know what my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves are going to games? Like sometimes I go to FIU. Sorry, FIU. The, uh, the in-game like ops, like the little cheesy things that they do yes. out on the court. Some of them are so bad. Right. Just that, strip. Spin around. Just so around. stupid. Just yeah. do this. Drop the money. That's all they care about. You'll get exponentially more people to come to your games. No Everybody rules. wins. No, no rules. Bro, grab as much as you can grab. Just a battle Just, royale, have at it. Dude, stuff it in your shirt. Like, you can do whatever you want. It's your money. Kids. Go get it. You're running over kids, aren't you? I don't care. That's money, baby. I want all five grand. Get paid. Enjoy that game, Las <laughs> Vegas. Have fun. Have a good weekend. <laughs>